From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday the 15th of November. Good afternoon. Today, our main story is the ongoing G20 summit. But we're also going to be discussing three other important stories from around the world, including the fact that the world's population has now reached 8 billion people. But first, let's talk about the G20. The leaders of the world's largest economies have been meeting on the Indonesian island of Bali for the G20 summit. Amid a whole range of pressing international issues like the war in Ukraine, global food security, climate change, the world economy, and more. Attendees include China's Xi Jinping, US President Joe Biden, Indian Prime Minister Nehendra Modi, Saudi Arabia's Mohammed bin Salman, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, French President Emmanuel Macron, and a whole lot more. One notable absence, though, is Russian President Vladimir Putin, who will be remaining in Moscow. Instead, Russia is going to be represented by its foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov. Now, while Ukraine is not a member of the G20, President Vladimir Zelensky addressed the leaders at the summit via a video link to deliver a speech that was snubbed by Sergei Lavrov. Zelensky said that he is convinced that now is the time when the Russian destructive war must and can be stopped, following Ukraine's recapturing of the important southern city of Kherson. He went on to say that Ukraine would not compromise on its sovereignty territory or independence. UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, in a speech that was viewed by the Russian Foreign Minister, criticised Vladimir Putin for failing to attend the summit, saying that maybe if he had, we could get on with sorting things out. Sunak added that Russia getting out of Ukraine and ending its barbaric war would make the biggest single difference to world affairs. While India's Prime Minister Modi, who's remained outwardly neutral on the war, called for peace and diplomatic negotiation to end the conflict. Meanwhile, China's Xi Jinping made what appeared to be a veiled criticism of Russia's invasion of Ukraine by saying we must firmly oppose politicization, instrumentalization and weaponization of food and energy problems. A draft declaration seen by Reuters, which has yet to be adopted by the G20 members, says that most members strongly condemn the war in Ukraine and stress that it is causing immense human suffering and exacerbating fragilities in the global economy. By contrast, Sergei Lavrov has denounced an attempt to condemn Russia as politicization by the other Western countries. That aside, there were some other very notable meetings at the summit, including the first in-person meeting between the US and Chinese leaders since before the pandemic, amid soured relations over Taiwan, trade, technology and human rights. Joe Biden said after the meeting that there need not be a new Cold War with China. Xi Jinping then went on to meet with the Australian Prime Minister in what was the first face-to-face -face meeting between the two countries' leaders since 2016. Coming out of the meeting, Albanese said that the two discussed trade, consular and human rights issues in a positive and constructive meeting that was another important step towards the stabilisation of the Australia-China relationship. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a whole lot more going on around the world. 
So here's a rundown of three other stories. First up, London has officially lost its crown as Europe's biggest stock market. With Paris overtaking London for the first time since records began in 2003. And that's because Bloomberg have calculated that the combined value of British shares is around $2.821 trillion, while France's are worth fractionally more at $2.823. Now, there's a number of factors which have contributed to London's fall and Paris's rise. For example, while the pound and euro have both fallen against the dollar this year, the pound has dropped more severely, especially in the wake of the ill-fated mini-budget of Liz Truss in September. Fears of a long recession have also seen UK shares slump, while luxury goods makers like Louis Vuitton and the owners of Gucci and Yves Saint Laurent have been boosted as a result of the potential loosening of China's zero-Covid policy. More long-term, though, the gap between the French and British stock markets has been narrowing since the UK voted to leave the European Union in 2016, according to Bloomberg. Now, there's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us in your podcast app of choice to listen along. Next up, the US Department of Justice has opened an investigation into the killing of Palestinian-American journalist Shireen Abu Akleh, who was killed while covering an Israeli military raid in the occupied West Bank for Al Jazeera. Israel originally denied responsibility and blamed Palestinian militants for her death, but multiple independent investigations by international media, the United Nations, and more have concluded that Israeli troops most likely fired the bullet that killed her. Eventually, after his own military investigation, Israel concluded that one of its soldiers probably shot and killed the journalist, albeit unintentionally, but they decided not to launch a criminal investigation. The opening of a US Justice Department investigation follows pressure from congressional Democrats and the family of the murdered journalists. However, the move has angered Israel, with Israel's defense minister calling it a grave mistake and making clear that the country would refuse to cooperate. This refusal is likely to complicate the relationship between the US and Israeli governments, especially as Benjamin Netanyahu prepares to form Israel's most right-wing government in its history, which has been met with unease in Washington. Next up, though, a baby born somewhere on Earth today will be the world's 8 billionth person, according to the United Nations. And that's big news, because the world is hitting the 8 billion milestone just 12 years after we hit the 7 billion mark. The UN Secretary General said that the milestone is an occasion to celebrate the diversity and advancements, while considering humanity's shared responsibility for the planet. The world's current population size as of today is three times bigger than it was back in 1950. But despite there being more people on Earth right now than there ever have been, the population growth rate is at its slowest rate for more than 70 years. Population growth spiked in the early 1960s at 2.1% per year, but has since declined, with the rate falling below 1% for the first time in 2020. As such, the UN projects that the world's population will hit 9 billion people by 2037 and then peak at around 10.4 billion in the 2080s. And according to the UN, most of this future growth will come from people born in sub-Saharan Africa, 
marking a significant shift away from China and India. Now, we don't have time to dive into the details any further right now, but in the Nebula exclusive extended version of the show, we'll go into all of the data. I'll explain how to sign up and how to watch at the end of this video. But first, in some uplifting news, a British man has repatriated 19 antiques worth up to £80,000 to the countries that they came from after reading a Guardian article about the repatriation of looted items. It was after reading the article that John Gompertz realised that the ancient items he'd inherited from his grandmother may have been acquired illicitly and contacted a professor who's an expert in illicit antiques trafficking research who said that he was setting a wonderful example. Gompert subsequently repatriated the items to the governments of Italy, Greece, Cyprus, and Pakistan, where they had each come from. Anyway, that's all we have time for on YouTube today. But if you want to see the extended version of the show, including the full analysis of the world's 8 billionth person, then you want to watch the full ad-free version of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. That's because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've just watched entirely ad-free, but they also get an extended version of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on their podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive briefing every day, then you'll want to sign up. And there's some good news, because our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the world's best documentaries, is offering you a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR over on Nebula, including the extended version of the briefing, other fully exclusive TLDR videos, and as always, it's ad-free. You can click the link in the description to get both services for less than $15 a year. And of course, you'll also be supporting the channel.